Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, November 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's Monday, November 7th. It's officially the last day we will talk about the World Series. We will put it behind us after this next five minutes. The Houston Astros are your World Series champions uh, after defeating the Philadelphia Phillies Saturday night. Uh, they take the series 4-2. to two. Jordan Alvarez with another three-run home run, one of his biggest of the year. And uh, the Astros ride a dominant bullpen and and really uh, they give Dusty Baker what he's been been trying to get for, you know, 40 some years, uh, a, a managerial win in the World Series. Uh, can't feel any happier for Dusty. Can't feel any more icky about the Astros winning. Uh, but but that's the way it was. Uh, the best team won and the team with the best bullpen won. Uh, what did you take away from the Astros winning the World Series this year? Yeah, I just think, you know, this is probably as close to a dynasty as we're going to see for a while, Joe. What, four World? they've been in the World Series four times since 2017, four AL pennants, and they've won it twice. You know, I don't think the last six years, I think they've been in the ALCS all all six times. So this is this is a really a, a really a good ball club, a good organization. And there's only five guys, I think, maybe five players left from the 2017 cheating Astros. So, you know, they turned this thing over, and uh, you're right. They were the best club. They they beat Philadelphia, and what a bullpen, Joe. Just uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it it just underscores to me uh, how much they they didn't need to do what they did in 2017 and 2018 to, to mess that all up because you, you're right. They are a good organization. They are a well-run and well-coached and well-organized franchise. And they just didn't need to do what they did in 2017 that just tarnished all of it. I cannot look at this championship and not think about and not have doubts about its its legitimacy because of what they've done in the past. Uh, and and it's, just, it's heartbreaking because they didn't need to do it then. They proved that they can win, uh, you know, with what they have. They were dominant. You're right. Their pitching was outstanding. It was the best pitching in all of baseball all season long. And and really, they showed 
sort of what uh, what the Guardians couldn't do in the postseason, what they couldn't do during the regular season. Uh, they came up with timely three-run home runs. Three-run home runs still change <laughs> ball games, and uh, when when you can do that, when you when you've got a Jordan Alvarez always sitting there, you know, ready to drive one out of the park and end a ball game. Uh, you've got a chance with all those other elements that you can put out on the field uh, to to be a winner. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I thought, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm the classic second guesser, but I thought, uh, you know, I thought they should have stayed with Wheeler. I thought the Phillies should have stayed with Wheeler in the uh, sixth inning against uh, Alvarez. I thought his stuff was still good, but Jose Alvarez, Alvarado comes in there and gives up that three-run homer, Joe, and that, that thing might still be going, what, 450 feet over the batter's eye in center field? I mean, that was a shot. That, was, tell you, I, that I was, was a shot. I was watching it on a projection screen uh, without uh, the, the audio, without the sound, and that was – it was where I was at a, at a cookout, and uh, I, that was a, one of those moments where you just stop everything you're doing and you look at what happened and, and you watch the replay, you know, three or four times and you're like, oh man, he got every bit of that pitch and he drove it out of the park. So, uh, yeah, we, we, you, we haven't seen anything like that, uh, here in Cleveland, Other, you know, Oscar Gonzalez's walk-off home run, uh, against Tampa Bay is, is probably the one of the more significant home runs of the year uh, here in town. Uh, once once the Guardians can do what Alvarez does on a, on a consistent basis, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit for that club. But uh, hats off to the Astros. They, they won it. They were the best team all year long. And uh, now we don't have to talk about them again because the offseason has begun. And, and we've got plenty to talk about in the offseason, right? Yeah. Well, one more thing. What about a rookie winning the MVP of the World Series and the MVP of the uh, ALCS as Jeremy Pena did? That's I mean, that's you know, he's not tainted by by any uh, any of the the uh, Astros past uh, sins. So right. uh, what a what a player. Jeez. Yeah. And, and and we'll get into uh, awards talk here in a, in a little bit. Uh, and, and you know, we can a, a legit question as to. You know, for a lot of people, maybe why he wasn't on uh, in their top three or on the in the conversation all year long in terms of rookie of the year voting. Maybe there was some inconsistencies there during the regular season, but certainly during the postseason, the Astros found something and they found a guy who who was a consistent uh, performer uh, at the plate. Uh, I the, the the stat that jumped out at me was he he's the first rookie shortstop to hit a home run in the world series uh if that was wow correct uh you know when you think about Derek jeter was a rookie in the uh in the in the world series and you know there's all sorts of guys who have been rookies in the world series and and uh jeremy pena was the the first rookie shortstop to hit a home run in the world series uh pretty remarkable uh, all this time um so yeah uh, postseason begins uh, first order of business uh, for for the postseason, obviously, is all the free agents, uh, you know, immediately go on the market, and we're in that uh, that negotiating period where the the uh, their original teams or their their current teams are the only ones that can negotiate with them, the only ones that can uh, you know work out a contract during this sort of uh, you know 
this yeah quiet five period day, or whatever yeah it's a five day quiet period yeah so uh you know if 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 there's a let, let's say Aaron Judge wanted to go to San Francisco he's not allowed to talk dollars and cents with San Francisco only the Yankees are allowed to you know put money out there in front of him uh for the next few days uh but then I, I believe what's the what's the date when when it all starts uh, November 10th. So it's uh, Thursday. This Thursday, you know, teams can still call up Judge and say he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know, other than uh, the Yankees, but they just can't tell him, uh, you know, they can't tell him, you know, what what terms they're going to offer him. Right. Yeah. I would. It's it, it, it's sort of a, always a, a wink and a nudge sort yeah. of thing. But you know, if if a guy wants to go, there's no way that they're gonna that uh, you know having that exclusive bargaining period. Uh, is, is going to stop him. So uh, the Guardians only really have to worry about one uh, one free agent right now. That's Austin Hedges. Uh, he, you know, we know that they expressed maybe some sort of interest in bringing him back. Uh, it would make sense to bring one or both of uh, Luke Maley or Austin Hedges back next year and let Bo, uh, Bo Naylor sort of mature a little bit more at AAA. But uh, you kind of want to upgrade that position maybe in terms of uh, the bat and, and the offensive production uh, if you can. Yeah, you know, that's one of the spots they can do that, Joe. I mean, catcher, DH, first base, you know, we've talked about those three spots that, you know, I think if Cleveland wants to add some power, they could they could do that. But, you know, they like we've said, you know, they put so much emphasis on, on their catchers, you know, you know, handling the pitching staff, controlling the running game, you know, really kind of sacrificing their offensive statistics. So, you know, they, they can be their pitching, their pitchers can be the best they can be. So, you know, when you think about that, Hedges is, you know, the perfect guy. So is Maley. And, uh, you know, Bo, Bo Naylor is kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the aberration right now. He, he's a catcher who can hit. And and does a nice job behind the plate, but is he seasoned enough? And um, you know, that's I guess that's a, the question they'll have to uh, try to answer this off season and headed into spring training. Yeah, I still see them starting Naylor at uh, at AAA uh, at the beginning of the year, and and maybe bringing him along in uh, late uh, late April, May, something like that. Just you know, after the the weather cools down or warms up a little bit here uh, in Cleveland, and and a guy gets hot down at AAA, that's that's always been uh, Tito's MO with rookies, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as uh, the other aspect of the offseason that we've, we've been tracking, that we'll continue to track, uh, the awards uh, have, have been churning out and keep coming. Uh, uh, Guardians pretty much shut out of the Players' Choice Awards. Uh, those were announced uh, late last week. And uh, Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros took home uh, comeback player of the year and pitcher uh, of the year. Uh, no, uh, no Guardians were named in the uh, the rookie category or the the uh, outstanding players. Um, however, you know, I, I'm sure a guy like a Stephen Kwan uh, got consideration, but it's sort of a precursor uh, to the BBWAA awards that, you know, Julio Rodriguez is going to win uh, Rookie of the Year uh, pretty much hands down. So you, you didn't really expect to see uh, Quan get the, the Player's Choice Award uh, as, as voted by uh, his peers or the, uh, the, the members of the Players Association. Yeah, I think you're right there, Joe. I think, uh, you know, 
Rodriguez looks like the guy that's going to win it from the Seattle rookie. Uh, but Quan certainly, you know, distinguished himself, had a great year. And, you know, it would not surprise me if he finishes in the top three. Well, that's uh, we wait to uh, to find out the announcement tonight. Uh, the finalists will be revealed on Major League Baseball Network uh, for the manager, uh, rookie, Cy Young and MVP awards. Those are the, the big ones uh, that will be rolling out uh, this time next week, uh, starting with the rookie on uh, next Monday. So, you know, we'll see who uh, finishes where and, and what the, the vote totals eventually are. But uh, Guardians fans should pretty much brace themselves for the possibility that, uh, you know, other than Terry Francona, who I think we we all think is a pretty much a lock to be at least considered uh, in the top three for manager, uh, you know, there's a chance that that Quan even gets shut out of that top three in, in the rookie voting. Uh, with guys like Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I mean, even in, even Jeremy Pena, although he didn't really do uh, enough during the regular season to sort of warrant being in that top rookie conversation, uh, there's a, a chance that, you know, he might get voted in there uh, ahead of Stephen Kwan. Yeah, this is a really a strong rookie class. Um, but boy, I don't know how you couldn't vote for Kwan in the top three if you watched him on any kind of regular basis. I mean, the guy, he's a gold glove, gold glove winner. He's a, you know, fielding a Bible uh, winner in left field and uh, just uh, had an outstanding year. I don't know, you know, that's like a career year, Joe. I mean, he set the bar awfully high for himself. So it's going to be interesting just to see how, you know, what he does the rest of his career, because that's as good a rookie year as you're going to see, I think, at, from an overall baseball perspective. Yeah, if, if there's regression, yeah, he might just be an average player next year instead of an above-average uh, defender and above-average hitter. Uh, I, I, we, we wait to see where the uh, the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year and uh, awards, uh, those will be coming out, uh, I'm assuming, by the end of this week. Uh, but then on Friday, at the end of the week, we find out the Platinum Glove Award winner uh, for the best overall defender in the American League and National League. Uh, and the team uh, Gold Glove awards uh, that uh, I, I'm I'm assuming with four winners, the Guardians are a lock to win the team award in the American League. It would be the second time they've won that award uh, since its inception in 2020. But uh, you know, there, again, there's and and Silver Sluggers. Uh, just uh, the awards will will continue to keep coming uh, for the Guardians uh, over the next week or so. As uh, you know, all, all that's all part of the off season here, and and you know, it, guys don't really can take it lightly because these these things help build contracts and help build you know careers. Uh, like we said, uh, we were talking before we started on here. Uh, you know, the rookie of the year voting uh, is is now tied to uh, bonus pool money and service time uh, for the winners. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I don't think that this doesn't apply to Quan, but let's say, you know, a rookie of the year comes up at the All-Star break or, you know, and goes off in the second half and wins the award. Well, part of winning that award would give him a full year service time instead of, you know, half a year. So, you know, that's a that's a huge uh, incentive, <coughs> excuse me, um, for a young player to, you know, increase his value. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And get closer to arbitration and free agency. Yeah, well, wasn't it uh, Gary Sanchez a few years ago who only had like, you know, two months of uh, of at-bats or, or whatever for the Yankees? And when he came up and, and he was under, he, I believe he was a finalist for the, the Rookie of the Year award. And, and the argument against him, and I don't think he, he didn't win it, but his, the one of the arguments against him was, you know, it was a ridiculously uh, short amount of time in the big leagues for him to be under consideration for the award. Uh, but still, in, in that situation, if he would have won it under the current, you know, uh, setup, you know, maybe he gets a full year of service time. That's uh, that's nothing to, to shake a stick at. That makes you a year, you know, closer to free agency. And that's what uh, that's what all these guys are playing for. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and that was part of the uh, the new basic agreement, you know, to uh, enhance uh, enhance the value of younger players because, you know, teams are have, you know, really shifted uh, to uh, building younger rosters and, uh, you know, because younger players are cheaper. But now this is a way to for a young player to increase his value. Yeah, and, and getting a part of, I guess, what the the union sort of felt like they they earned in that negotiation process was getting more more money into the hands of the younger players earlier and that, that this is one of the ways that they could do that with that bonus pool money and and speaking of getting money into uh players hands uh earlier and, and quicker uh veteran uh closer uh edwin diaz uh announced uh the mets announced that they had reached a what five-year hundred million dollar uh contract 102 million dollar contract extension with Diaz, who was who was pretty much the uh, National League uh, equivalent or counterpart to uh, Emmanuel Classe uh, during the season in terms of uh, closer and, and dominance uh, at at the back end of a bullpen, I think uh, Classe pretty much beat him in almost every uh, number and, and statistic. But you know Diaz playing in New York and he's got the uh, the trumpet fanfare calling him in from the bullpen <laughs> and and all that. Uh, I guess uh, I guess if you get a catchy uh, tune to 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 welcome you into each game, uh, it's worth uh, you know sixteen million dollars more a year than than what Class A is going to be making. Yeah, what a um, you know Diaz obviously has more service time. You know he was a free agent and uh, you know he filed. For, I guess he became a free agent after the last out of the uh, World Series Saturday night, but the Mets. Uh, have have apparently signed him to a five like you said Joe a five year hundred two million dollar deal. Uh, he went three and one with a one point three one ERA, thirty two saves, and and he had a hundred and eighteen strikeouts in sixty two innings. That's you know that's the thing that's the thing that jumps out at you. But but this guy was almost booed out of New York a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, with Class A signing a five year what twenty million dollar extension. At the start of spring training last year or this past season, you know, you really, you know, that's that's a coup for the for this uh, for the, the Cleveland's front office. Obviously, it's you know, you know, uh, 
Class A could have said no, you know, he could have, he could have, you know, turned it down and waited. But, you know, lots of times players want security and this is the trade-off. And, uh, you know, hopefully his nose isn't out of joint and uh, he keeps pitching like he did, he has, because what, there's two club options on the end of his five-year deal too. So he could be here for a long time. Right. Uh is is a way for the guardians to to sort of uh, you know make everybody feel happy and nice uh, to to come out and maybe announce early that they they want to pick up those options uh and 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 guarantee him even more money uh up, up front because uh I don't know if I'm if I'm Emmanuel Classe it's human nature to look over there and say hey you know I I made more appearances than this guy I saved more games I was every bit as valuable to my team uh, as as Edwin Diaz was, uh, and and I'm going to be making sixteen million dollars less a year for for what for how many you know uh, for how many innings over the life of that contract? What it's like three hundred innings uh, that that he's going to be pitching. He's going to be making twenty million dollars a year for it. I, I if I'm Emmanuel Class A, if I wanted to get upset about something, I you know, maybe that's uh, that's what I, I get upset about. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the, uh, you know, that's the uh, kind of that delicate line you walk. And uh, that's why, you know, some guys uh, like don't sign extensions. Um, you know, you, you, you trade off security for, you know, what what could happen at the end of the year. Now, you, it's it's you really it's, you're comparing apples and oranges, you know, because Class A is what I don't, I don't think he's got what, two years of, of big years, league time. Yeah. And uh, Diaz has, you know, he, he he got his six years in. He was a free agent, so you know, in in you know, in the balance on how contracts are set up, you know, it's it's you know, the service time is a big element of it. But you know, Class A also what in uh, with a five year deal and two plus uh, two ex- club extensions, you know, he gave away a lot of his what at least two of his free agent years, you know, so. Right. You know, it's it's uh, you know, it, it it's all the, it's always that you know, do I you know do I go for uh, do I go for security or do I max this out and hammer away at every every year go to arbitration, you know, and, and bang it out that way. So, you know, it's it's you know he, you can't blame a guy either way. He definitely got more money up front than he would would have gotten uh, had he just you know played uh, along by the contract rules and, and gone, uh, you know, service time the first three years and then arbitration the, the next three. He, he He's getting more money uh, sooner this way, but had uh, had he had the ability to negotiate that contract uh, maybe at the end of this season as opposed to the end of last season, uh, I think he probably would have doubled or maybe even tripled what he was uh, – would he would he be able to get out of the club, and, and the Guardians wouldn't have been able to sign him uh, to an extension because that they they just don't offer that kind of money, and, and they especially don't offer it to a a back end bullpen guy. Yeah, what uh, he went, he had a one point three six ERA compared to a Diaz one point three one forty two saves compared to a Diaz's thirty two, pitched seventy two innings compared to uh, sixty two by Diaz, and so. You know he they got they they rode him hard this year so and, yeah. and he pitched well yeah and and Diaz's contract 102 million tops 
the richest contract ever for a, a closer, which was previously, I believe, was what 89 million for Aroldis Chapman. So they, I mean, even that wasn't over a hundred million dollar contract. This is the first hundred million dollar contract uh, for a closer, which is, I mean, it's significant. It's a, it's a big deal, and uh, that was the one big question, uh, one of the big questions for the Mets. You know, going into this offseason was, would they be able to re-sign Diaz? So uh, that's taken care of. And now uh, and now we wait and we sort of watch who uh, who the next few dominoes are to fall. Uh, what's your feeling on the Aaron Judge situation? Are we going to get a quick resolution to that? Or uh, do you think it's going to take a little while for uh, things to settle out and maybe we we have to keep hearing about Aaron Judge throughout the entire offseason till after the winter meetings until, you know, at some point later on when when he finally signs. Or, or do you think this this ends quickly and, and he gets locked up uh, one way or another? Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to have to strike fast. Uh, I think they're going to you know, probably have to get him done by the by the winter meetings uh, next month in, in San Diego. I would think they put an all out push just to get this, get him signed, get it behind him, and then go go about, you know, building the rest of that team. Who becomes maybe the next most attractive free agent out there or the most next most sought after? I mean, you've got, obviously, DeGrom will be on the market. He's he's sort of priority number one, but I think the the Mets would, would want to have him back and, and would make an all-out effort. And you know uh, Cohen can, can spend as much money as he wants. Uh, maybe beyond those two guys, is there a, another guy who jumps up and and really sort of is the, you know, the the marquee guy after those two? That's, I'm thinking, I'm think, I'm thinking Correa. That's a good, yeah, yeah. Correa's he did he opt out? He opted out, right? He opted out, and you know he made the rounds during the playoffs, uh, getting his face on TV a couple of times, and uh, you know he's. He's obviously not going back to Minnesota. That's that was clear. That was pretty much clear. So uh, you're definitely going to see Carlos Correa in a uh, a big market, whether that's you know New York or you know somewhere else. I uh, I gotta believe uh, he's he's going to be making uh, quite a chunk of change at some point. Yeah, the Yankees didn't want him, right? They didn't, really didn't bid on him, and they've got what two or three really uh, talented young shortstops. So it'd be interesting to see if he ends up there. Yeah, it's always a possibility, but uh, you know, there, there are other places for him to go to uh, the, the White Sox uh, picked up their option on Tim Anderson. So, you know, Chicago's, you know, not a place where, where there there's a need for him at, at the moment. So uh, yeah, several different places where Correa could wind up. It would be interesting to to sort of watch and see what happens there. All right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap it up for uh, today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be coming back on Wednesday uh, to talk more about the uh, awards finalists and where the Guardians are. Uh, we'll be taking some of your uh, submitted questions through subtext, and we will talk to you then. 